Welcome to episode 16 of the J Bunny's Music Hub podcast. I'm your host, J Bunny. This week's guest is Eric W. Brown, who has quite a few musical projects under his belt, and the opening I used for this episode was his cover of the Rick and Morty theme. That song was released under his Rainbow Dragon Eyes project, and you can find it on his Bandcamp page as well as on YouTube. I just want to apologize ahead of time for the sound on this episode. We recorded it in a Mexican restaurant down the road from the venue, so there's a bunch of background noise. I did what I could with noise reduction to make the episode sound better, but I could only go so far without making our actual conversation sound shitty and muffled. I hope that despite the noise, you guys enjoy the episode. And without further ado, here's Eric. All right, what's up, everybody? It's Jay Bunny. I'm here down the road from the Gramercy Theater at the Dos Toros Taqueria. Dos Toros, brought to you by Dos Toros. <laughs> With a man who has as many names as musical projects. Mm. He goes by Eric Brown, legendary Pirate King Eric... Eric W. Brown. Eric W. Brown, legendary Pirate King Eric V. Brown, Rainbow Dragon Eyes, T-Bone, and Flo Rida, and plays in Swashbuckle, Rainbow Dragon Eyes, The Dread Crew of Oddwood, Necro Goblicon, and Magic Hammer. Are there any aliases or band names I'm missing? Uh, I used to play in Vale of Noth for a long time. I guess I still kind of do. Um, and then I'm starting a new band called True Bear, but that's not uh, been solidified yet. We have five songs. No, I think you pretty much got them all. All righty. I first became aware of you when I saw Swashbuckle right here at the Gramercy Theater on Ailstorm's Pirate Fest 2015. But uh, when did you actually start playing music? Um, when I was a youth, I started out with piano. My mom's, um, she's an organist and a choir director. And so we've always had music in the family, you know. I started out on piano as a kid for like four or five years and then did trumpet for a year and started drums before middle school. Um, just stuck with that. Okay. So the bands that you play drums in currently, as far as I could see, it doesn't appear that you were an original member of any of them. So I was just wondering how it is that you came to join uh, those bands, namely Swashbuckle, Dread Crew of Oddwood, and Necrogoblicon. I've been friends, these are all just like friends of mine, basically. Um, and I just sort of stepped up when they needed somebody. Swashbuckle put me on the map for Dread Crew, and then we ended up playing a show together in Denver um, as I was doing Rainbow Dragon Eye set. Right. They were touring through. Um, but Swashbuckle, I've known them since before they were even Swashbuckle. Oh, okay. But it's always been a proximity thing that has um, prevented this from happening sooner. Right, but yeah, because Swashbuckle's here in Jersey and Jersey. you're out in Colorado. Right. I, at the time, even, I was in Tennessee. So. Uh, I lived out there for like nine years or so. Okay. Uh, but yeah, and then they were, it was just like a touring band, so. They had their local boys, you know, and it's obviously it's obviously better for like getting together and jamming and stuff when you're local, but I would fly out there to practice for a day or two and then we would hit the road. And then what about how did you uh, how did you join Necrogoblicon? Just by knowing the guys? Same way, Same way. I've known them since MySpace. Oh yeah. wow. <laughs> yeah, you know. Without stepping on anyone's toes, they were having problems with their last guy. And um, they just wanted, they finally uh, came to their senses and okay. got me in the band. Um, so in addition to being a drummer, uh, you mentioned Rainbow Dragon Eyes, that's your chiptune project. First and foremost, for the listeners that might not be aware, could you explain what chiptune is? Chiptune is music that is created using the sound chips of old video game consoles. And in my case, uh, mostly the Game Boy. There's uh, 
music creation software called LSDJ, Little Sound DJ, okay. that I use for Game Boy. And it runs on the Game Boy, I do it all on that, record from the headphone jack, and then I add vocals and rhymes about silly stuff. So you put that through like to a computer? Or? Yeah, I okay. just use I use Logic for all of my music stuff. Okay. It's all sequenced on the Game Boy and then recorded from that. And what made you decide to start doing that? It's, it's a real interesting um, project. I really enjoy it. <laughs> back back to the MySpace thing. I just discovered it randomly. A guy from New York um, goes by BitShifter. Okay. Um, but he, I just came across his stuff and like sent him a message like, dude, this is so cool. How do you do this? And then. He sent me like a page and a half response of like, you know, everything I needed to like here. Here's a link to the software. Here's a link to the hardware. Um, here's a link to some tutorials. And just kind of sent me on my way. And then it was the very same guy that actually asked me to come to New York and perform at the Blip Festival, which is like a festival for this kind of thing. Um, so it was just kind of cool how that all happened. Because I was like writing music on Game Boy for like couple years and then I get asked to come perform at an international festival. That's crazy. And I was, yeah, that kind of set the bar and I was just like, this is kind of cool, maybe I'll keep doing that. Right, right. What's funny is I didn't I didn't realize, because I didn't really get to know you until you, you joined Dread Crew, but I didn't realize at first that Rainbow Dragon Eyes was you. I know that when you guys did the Pirate Fest tour, Rainbow Dragon Eyes was on some of the dates, but the one in New York, right. uh, you didn't you didn't play. Well, Swashbuckle was meant to be on the whole tour. But because of their work situations, they had to leave for the last like 11 shows or whatever. And um, since I was already there, yeah. I was just like, well, why don't you have me fit? Right, right. Well, what was funny was I saw at the show here in New York, I saw like the Rainbow Dragon Eyes merch for sale at like the Swashbuckle merch table. I was like, oh, yeah. I was like, uh, not, again, not knowing it was you, I was like, why is Rainbow Dragon Eyes merch here if Rainbow Dragon Eyes isn't here? But right. now knowing that it was you, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, kind of trying to make a little extra coin, you know? Right, right, right. This is a good burrito, by the way. <laughs> it looks... Dos, ta, what is it called? Dos Toros Taqueria. Dos Toros Taqueria. Um, I have no idea where we are, but go, go find out. <laughs> I think it was about last... Maybe within the last year or two, at some point, you made a post on Facebook that said, hey, I need to pay the rent, so I'm putting all the Rainbow Dragon Eye stuff on sale. And when you did that, I managed to grab it all. And so I, I wanted to ask you a couple of things about a couple of those songs. Uh, the first one being, uh, the song Blue Sky Forever just seems to pop up a lot when I put when I set my music to random. And I enjoy the shit out of that song. And I was wondering if the vocals on that is you with an effect or if it's somebody else. No, it's a girl. Um, she's not famous or anything. She was, I was dating her at the time. And uh, it's very difficult to extract that performance out of her. Anyway, yeah, that was her. But then I, you know, I affected it. And, right. And stuff like that. And then the other question I had was that one of the other songs in there was a cover of the Rick and Morty theme. And I have yet to see the entirety of the third season because Whoa. I don't have cable and they don't put it on Hulu yet. And so I was wondering, like, did you just do that or is that actually was that actually used in the show? Itself? No, I just did it for fun. Oh, okay. Because I like the show. Yeah. But um, the guy I was recording with on the new Necro album, Jason Zukoff. Yeah, yeah. He's like friends with Justin Roiland and like forwarded to him. So he saw it. Justin oh, Roiland cool. saw it. That's he was, awesome. Like, He's like, wow, that's crazy. But that was it. You know. Well, Just I mean, the, the, the show's not over yet, so there's always a chance they can use yeah, it Yeah, we'll see. Um, 
So being that you're in so many so many bands, like, does it ever get difficult? Like, I'm sure that there's there's scheduling conflicts and stuff. Like, yeah, actually, um, you know, I kind of had to kind of had to limit my availability because of that. So um, I'm not really touring with Hogwood anymore. Oh, okay. Because of that, like, I mean, I'm a metal drummer and I want to play metal, and um, you know. They just want to do Oddwood stuff, which is fine. You know, it was fun while it lasted, but they, they got offered to play Bakken this year, which is like the biggest metal festival yeah, in the yeah. world. And um, I was just, it was, I was already booked on Warp Tour with Necrogoblicon. Right, right. And so that was just like a sign that, you know, it wasn't meant to last. So I'm trying to do more technical things. So you're not with them at all anymore? No, I just I had to I just had to like take a step back because I was like you know this is just going to keep happening. Yeah. I'm getting double booked, and I you know I'm trying to have a life outside of just touring. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, you know I was just like better like put in my put in my notice right now so they can have time to find somebody rather than just like saying I don't want to do things or I can't do them. Right, right. And it's not really fair to them, for me to just like, to, to hold up the band, so. Right, that's fair enough. Speaking of all the projects that you're in, I was curious what some of them uh, were up to, and the, the first thing I wanted to ask you was if you could tell me about Magic Hammer, because I didn't know about that at all until I was prepping for this interview and found found the page. It was recommended to me on the Bandcamp because I bought the latest um, Rainbow Dragon Eye song. I was like, oh, well then we recommend this. And I was like, oh, I didn't know this existed. Basically Magic Hammer, uh, the, the vision with that project was, I started it back in Nashville, um, which was like, you know, 10 years ago. Basically the idea was I wanted it to be similar music, I guess. Rainbow Dragon has definitely evolved quite a lot. Magic Hammer was meant to be a full band lineup, uh-huh. and um, it's just it's dance and it's metal and it's sort of just weird, whatever in between. It used to be more like Eurobeat, like straight up, but or like kind of migrated away from that lately. Okay. Um, so yeah, but it's just kind of something that just has to happen around my own schedule. Right now, I'm, I'm working on an album for that, so. Basically, it's, you know, if you can imagine Rainbow Dragon Eyes without a Game Boy, you know, with a laptop instead of a Game Boy. Okay. So, it's kind of a thing there. We played, I played like, back in Nashville, we did like five shows, I think. Okay. And our first show was with Anamanaguchi, and they came through. Okay. Um, and, um, you know, on like a tour package they were on, but it was a good old time. That's cool. So you're still so you're still working on that though. That's cool. yeah. I mean, it's like it's my name essentially, you know. And it's just music that I create that's not chip tune. And then I I know a bunch of sick musicians that are down to play live. So uh, we played it like a the Magfest, which is like a video game yeah, yeah. convention in National Harbor. So yeah, just kind of probably doing stuff like that. Okay. Rather, well, rather than just it being like a touring thing. Okay. And then, as far as Swashbuckle goes, last I heard, um, you guys were in the midst of working on a new record. Uh, do you have still a, in the midst? We got a few more songs with vocals now. And yeah, I'm, I'm I've been seeing Pat's updates on that on the on the page there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, do you guys have a release date set, date set yet or no? Not at all. Okay. We're, we're just like 
Yeah, we're not going to have one until it's all 100% done. That's fair enough. So I was going to ask about Dread Crew, but you just said you're not in Dread Crew anymore. But do you, do you happen to know if those guys are going to be maybe doing the Ren Fair circuit again this year or not? That I'm not sure of. Um, I kind of like was more interested in doing, I was, I think the band was trying to migrate away from that TBH and just do more club things. Right, right. Um, but at this point, I don't know. They might, they might do some. Like, yeah, I just like, I feel like it wasn't really doing us any favors just doing that same tour every year. Right. Because it wasn't really growing a lot. It was like, it's like we could make a living over the summer, which is fine, have some, have some fun. But, you know, it, in terms of like growth, um, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't really think it was just doing the band um, any favors in that realm. But I don't know, who knows? Right. Right. And, um, you know, it's like I, I would love to do another album with them, but there just hasn't really been any songs written for it. So, you know, we'll see what happens to it. Like, I kind of left that out there. I was like, you know, if you need to record something, let me know. Yeah. I and, can't really say. Right. I was wondering also with, with Rainbow Dragon, as like I said, I downloaded the, the new song, uh, Time Paradox, which you put out earlier this year. Do you have anything else on the way? Uh, well, I've been working on a video game soundtrack for the last year or so. Okay. And so that's kind of where all of my chiptune energies have been going. Put out Time Paradox just because it was something that I wrote while I was sitting in the van in the Netherlands, actually. And then I was just like, can't wait to get home and record this. And then I made that song out. Okay. But that's why I love doing Game Boy shits because it's portable. Right, right. But yeah, the game I'm doing music for is going to be out on. Um, actually, I don't know if I'm technically allowed to say this yet, but. They're, um, we just signed with Devolver, who okay. publishes like Hotline Miami and some other stuff. So the game has been in production for a long time, and we just signed with the publisher. So it's going to be a few more months of production, and then. Um, but it'll be out. It's already on Steam. You can wishlist it on Steam. Okay. Um, it's called The Messenger. All right. But then it'll be on a console. I don't know if they've announced the console yet, but. If you look on like the trailer on YouTube, the comment section goes very heavily into one direction, so you can kind of figure gotcha. out where okay. we're headed. So I'll say that. So yeah, that's been. But those people approached me as a fan of Rainbow Dragon Eyes, so I was like, well, it'd be cool to release a soundtrack with that name rather than just like my own name. Yeah. Just to kind of also like, because I'm going to be releasing the soundtrack myself as a uh, just on my own channels. Bandcamp yeah, and Bandcamp Spotify and all okay. that. Um, so yeah, that's the next release I have planned for that. It's going to be a full-fledged OST, and it's going to be two sides because I'm doing 8-bit side and a 16-bit side. Okay. Because as the story goes, you're a time-traveling ninja, and when you jump through these portals, the whole game shifts dynamically from 8-bit to 16-bit. Oh, okay, that's And that cool. includes the music, the animation, the art, and it's like 500 years in the future. So that's the, uh, that's the hook there. Okay. Yeah, we're all very excited about it. So, what do you? Because you said that you use primarily a Game Boy. Right. Like when you go 16-bit, what do you? What do you use then? Um, well, actually, for the 8-bit stuff, I'm using a different program. Not unlike what I used for the Game Boy, but it's for creating um, NES format music. Okay. Like I can actually export a .NSF, which will play back on the console. Oh wow! So I'm using that for the NES stuff. And then there's a different program I'm using um, to write like Genesis format because I was a Genesis kid growing up. Yeah, me too. Yeah, so um, rather than uh, Super Nintendo. 
um, and I just I just have a more fonder appreciation for the music chip in that okay. sound chip. So yeah, that was the decision. There. But it, this is these are all freeware programs that you can download. If anybody wants to hit me up, I'll let them know where to download. All right. And then, of course, with Necrogoblicon, you guys announced the you know the Warp Tour, and also you're releasing a new album in April. Mm-hmm. And so I was just wondering if they're with, with on, on that front, if you guys are doing anything with Necro in between this tour you're on now and the Warp Tour starting. Nope. Uh, well, we might do we might be doing like a, a one-off thing in LA, like some kind of some kind of. Uh, do you know Titmouse animations? Yeah, yeah, they do this. The, they did Metalocalypse, I believe, and it's a lot of the Adult Swim stuff. Um, I'm not sure what exactly they've specifically. Anyway, they're doing some like party thing, and we're playing apparently. Okay. So, other than that, nah. we're just gonna. We just put out the, the music video, and so the album's gonna be out. We're just gonna, you know, see how it, see how it's doing, and then just kind of get ready to do the biggest national festival tour and in the country right right that requires some amount of preparation right so that's what we're going to be doing you know plus you don't you don't want to like saturate the market too too much right me personally i'm going to be at pax which is a convention in boston right game companies showcasing and uh, i'm going to be doing a show that's cool now speaking of the warp tour uh last year during some of the live performances that ailstorm did of their tayo cruise cover uh-huh. hangover uh, you came out to do the flow rider part, and yeah. you also did that on the the pirate fest right. when I saw you guys. And so I was just wondering how that came about because I, I don't believe that you were on the recording of that. So uh, how did no, on the recording it was Captain Yarface from Rumahoy, but he wasn't around and I was, and so he was like, "You want to do the rap part?" I'm like, "Yep." So I did that. That was cool. I, I really enjoyed that. I didn't. I actually didn't realize at first that it was a cover, and I listened to the the, the original version today. So should he? Pop song. Yeah, I was gonna say I, I, I prefer the Ailstorm version. Yeah. Like you said, the, the big the Warp Tour is the biggest touring festival, and it's actually the last one left in the U.S. The, yep. The Ozfest, the Mayhem, the Sounds of the Underground, the Uproar—all of those are, are gone now. And, and the Warp Tour is going away after this year too. Um, yeah. So the whole the 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 six week tour is for sure. But Kevin Lyman, who's the founder, he was saying that. Uh, it's not going to be the end of Warp Tour forever. Like they might just do like some festivals, probably in California, you know, right, whatever. Right. Like we'll see what happens. But yeah, I mean, this it, is the last full tour. Yeah, I mean, it seems to it seems to be a bigger move to that kind of thing. Like Ozfest went away and then like, oh, it's came a logistical back. Nightmare. Yeah. Do you do you think that anything will? You think that that things are going to go more toward this destination thing, or do you think that something, some other big festival is going to pop up? in its place now that uh, there's always going to be something to take its place but you know it, these things don't they don't just happen overnight either like it might be something that starts out really small and then it, it'll take years to grow i feel like warp tour started out pretty big and they kept they kept going for a while but it's not cheap to do a festival like that right right uh, let alone a festival tour but i think I think the what's going to happen is, you know, yeah, there's going to be other things coming along. Things are going to come and go. Some things will stick, some things won't. Right. I mean, I did I did notice that they have a bit of uh, there there's a bit instead of the big festival packages, there's been a lot more, you know, especially since like the Mayhem Festival went away, especially a couple of years ago. Uh, just summer tours of like, you know, four or five bands and then certain venues like Live Nation venues and stuff will, will say, oh, well, if you buy, you know, we'll, we'll, run, we'll give you this package where you can get tickets to three of them for 50 bucks. Yeah. 
So it's so it's a similar price point for the fans, but you have to commit to going to three or four different days of things. Yeah, it's cool when you get to see like when you're stoked on a lot of the bands that are playing. Yeah. Versus like one or two, because then it's totally worth it. So this is the signature sort of signature question of the show that I ask everybody that's been on the show and everybody that ever will be on the show. Um, what are your thoughts on the current state of where the music industry is, where fans really don't buy music anymore and they're well, okay with stealing it or yeah, this Spotify? Can, I think it's fantastic actually where the music industry is. The music industry is going in the same exact place that everything else is you know it's like everything's moving to digital and in the cloud and all that and i think um you just have to be able to adapt to that because if you try to fight it you're just kidding yourself and you're you know you're not going to end up in a place where where you can actually make a sustainable career out of it but i mean i think now more than ever it's easier to make a career out of music because of the global market you know everyone's connected now yeah, yeah. versus before, if you wanted to be in a band, you know, you start small, jamming in a garage, you start locally, you play at a few bars, you move up to some of the bigger venues, then you go on tour, then maybe you get to go on tour with like a bigger band, you know, you just grow like that. Right. And it doesn't happen overnight, but nowadays, like, it totally could happen overnight if you have like, I mean, mostly with like DJs and one-man acts and whatever, but, it's, you know, there's a, there's a formula that just seems to work and people are just trying to like crack the code. And I think in terms of like, um, you know, I don't know if you listen to much like EDM type of stuff, but like a lot of that's just kind of shitty generic throwaway in my opinion. But then there's a lot of it that's actually genuinely talent, like talented. Um, but yeah, like, I mean, you can make a living off of Spotify, you know, if you have music that people are listening to. Right, right. And if you... You know, if you want to approach it like any other job or business, you know, you got to like invest your time and your money into it. In some cases, you don't have to invest a lot of money. You just have to put in your time. Right. You know, I mean, music comes first. So it's like if you don't have good songs, then, you know, you're going to have a harder time getting people to give a shit. Yeah. But also, you know, like you just just come up with like a strategy and and market yourself and, um, you know, like, don't don't spend don't don't waste any time like fretting about how people want. People still buy shit. Like people buy stuff from me. You know they'll they'll buy something physical like a T-shirt or like yeah. uh, a uniquely packaged album. Like I sell cassette tapes and Game Boy cartridge yep, boxes. Yep, yep. Yeah, I got that. <laughs> yeah, and I sell those, and even I sell them to people who don't even have a cassette player, and it's fine. You know they just like want to have something physical of like, and also yeah like. There's more money to be made, I think, playing live. Like, if you can't translate your show to a live setting, you're gonna have a harder time. So I'm not saying it's impossible, you can still do it, but that's where more money is to be made because you're actually putting yourself in front of audiences and giving them an experience. Right. And if, if it resonates with them, then they'll, they'll throw their money at you. You can give them you know, for merchandise. So okay. that's that's where it's headed, you know. I mean, that's where it's at right now already. Yeah. And it's just going to be more of that. Best Buy stopped selling CDs just recently. Right, and um, Target said they may as well. Yeah, it's inevitable that they will because people, it's true that people aren't buying them as much anymore. At least not in that, not in that context. Like, you still go to a show, you'll buy a CD of a band, if they even have them, you know. Right, right. 
like you know they're expensive to manufacture so like a lot of bands don't even bother especially if they're like a new band with like a new album anymore like it's not it's not surprising to um, to not even invest in printing your music right like right. you'll just you'll have a digital and download codes and all that but and generally you don't buy a t-shirt of a band that you just saw for the first time ever sometimes you do but in my experience, it takes a few times to really sink in before people start buying the t-shirts. Right, right. Um, but then again, it's all, that's, you know, your mileage may vary, you know, like, yeah. it's, it's all, all, all different kinds of things happening. Yeah. I think, I think it's all really cool, you know, and I think there's, there's a school of thought that, you know, people are just like, well, music's industry and the shitter and people just use Spotify and, they just complain about stuff because they're stuck in their old ways or whatever. But just adapt to what's happening. Like you can't, you can't fight it. Like you're not gonna, you're not gonna fight that. Right, right. It's it's pointless. So just try to make the most out of it. And I think the main thing is to just keep making music. Right. Because a lot of people lose sight of that too. That I've even had personal experiences with, where they want to put the cart before the horse. You know, and they want to. They want to be in a famous band and go on tour and do all this, but meanwhile they're not actually actively writing songs. Right, right. So I'm like, well, this isn't going to get you anywhere if you don't have any music. Yeah. So. All right. And then normally I'd ask what's next, but I kind of already asked you that. So I mean, it it just it sounds like you're going to be keeping yourself pretty busy over the course of the most of this year at least. And so I I guess for you my parting question is: Are you going to have any time to take a breath and see your girlfriend and your dog? My breath is in between tours. I mean, uh, Warped is the only other thing I have booked right now. We're talking about maybe doing something in the fall, but um, yeah, I mean, I get to after this tour, I get to go home for a week, and then I do packs, and I'm there for like five days, yeah. and then I come home for a couple of months, okay. and it'll be cool, and then do Warped, and then come home from that, and you know, just do stuff. All right, man. Well, I mean, that's all I've got for you. I'll make sure you have anything else that you want to uh, plug or talk about before we get going. Um, check out The Messenger on Steam and on the console that rhymes with Nintendo Smitch. So, yeah. All right, man. Sounds good. Thanks for being on the show. Yeah. Cheers.
and from the upcoming album Welcome to Bonkers, that was Necrogoblicon with the song Dressed as Goblins. I want to thank Eric for being on the show, and I also want to thank the employees of the Dos Toros Taqueria for letting us record inside the restaurant while Eric was eating his burrito. It's good to see him again. You know, he used to play in the Dread Crew of Oddwood, and, and they didn't play the New York Renaissance Fair last year, so I think the last time I saw Eric in person was when Necrogoblicon toured with Ailstorm back in... Uh, 2016, and uh, since he said he's not going to be touring with the Dread Crew of Oddwood anymore, uh, well, I guess I don't know when I'll be seeing him again, but it was it was good to catch up. Uh, definitely check out everything that he's doing in all of the bands he is in and has been in. Um, <clears throat> I'll make sure to share the links for everything in the uh, in the description, just because there's so so much. You, you know, there's uh, Magic Hammer, Rainbow Dragon Eyes, Necrogoblicon, Dread Crew of Oddwood, Swashbuckle, fucking Vale of Noth, and he said he's got that uh, uh, new band that he's starting. So I will share all of the links for everything in the description. Sorry it took so long to get this one posted versus when it was recorded, but, you know, life happens. I do have some other stuff on the horizon. I do still have some other stuff that I am trying to book. Uh, you know, as I as I uh, have said in in all of the past episodes, uh, if you guys know somebody that that would be a good fit for the show, let me know. Send it my way. Uh, if you know, if you just think that a band should be on the show, definitely uh, you know go to their social media, let them know about J Bunny's Music Hub that they should be on the show because that might help. Uh, you can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And Patreon, you can definitely, I could definitely use some uh, subscribers to the Patreon to help keep this going. Stuff is tight as always. Um, you know, on, on all social media, we're at J Bunny's Music Hub. And uh, also don't forget to follow the Industry Embers, at Industry Embers on Facebook and Twitter. And make sure to uh, post or tweet any new music purchases with the hashtag BuyMusic, B-U-Y, or it's BuyMusic, B-Y-E. Also follow the Club Kayfabe Creative Community on Facebook and Twitter. This podcast is uh, a member of that community. And uh, I got big things going on there. A lot of uh, YouTube videos, as I mentioned last in the last episode. Uh, and... Uh, all the other shows affiliated with the community, as well as their flagship show, Club Kayfabe Wrestle Talk, which I was an occasional guest on. I may still be. I, I don't really watch wrestling anymore, but I love to just uh, be on that show and shoot the shit with those guys. And uh, things always get interesting when I'm on that show. Let's just say that. So Eric's in a lot of bands. Um, and I would love to put something from from all of those bands in the show, but uh, it would be it would be way too long. So you know, we started with Rainbow Dragon Eyes, and we're going to end with Rainbow Dragon Eyes. This is the latest single that Eric released under Rainbow Dragon Eyes that came out earlier this year. This is Time Paradox. Until next time, guys.